Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for Week One. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season. Receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited time offer now by heading to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and checking out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. And if you live in a non-sportsbook state, not to worry, because DraftKings is home to daily fantasy sports. Just draft your lineup and enter for a chance to win weekly cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. That's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 74. As the summer draws to a close and preseason action is right around the corner, you have to imagine that what you see is what you get as far as the New York Rangers go. The coaching staff is locked in place now. The roster is seemingly locked in place. They didn't trade for Jack Eichel, but they come into the season with a revamped bottom six. Add uh, some veteran presence on the back end. They'll have some promising youngsters pushing for a spot out of camp. And they fulfilled their mandate to be tougher to play against in the form of players like Ryan Reeves, Sammy Blay, uh, Jared Tenorti, and Barkley Goodrow. And it seems like they're ready to roll. I should mention, it's Andy here, uh, running solo. James and I, like two ships passing the night. As summer winds to a close, just trying to get it all in. I was absent last episode because my brother got married out in Montana, which is absolutely gorgeous and very, very dry, so I naturally love it. Anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that I complain about humidity almost every episode, so it was nice to escape the humidity of the Northeast, but 
I'm back now, and it kind of feels like that was my last big uh, jaunt or hurrah of the summer. And yeah, like I said up top, uh, preseason hockey is this month. If you're listening to this, when it drops on the second, yeah, it's, I think uh, first preseason game is what, the 26th against the New York Islanders. So that should be interesting. It'll, uh, I mean, we can talk about how much the disjointed start to last season with the pandemic affected the Rangers out of the gate. They had some notable players struggle out of the gate, uh, whether that was from the effects of the mental or physical effects of the pandemic. Uh, it seemed like the rookies really struggled in Lafreniere and even Kako, who's coming to his second, although as he looked much better. Yeah, it was still hard for some of the youngsters to get up to speed and just some of the players in general. So, but that excuse is off the table after this. They're going to have a coach with a winning pedigree and track record behind the bench. He'll have his trusted assistants with a history of success with him. And yeah, there will be no excuses this time around. So you have to hope they perform to expectations because obviously the expectations are high. Uh, clearly from almost you could say the expectations are uh, almost not so secretly mandated by the front office even though there's been much said about like oh it's not playoffs or bust it is playoffs or bust I mean let's face it we could tell as a fan base and I I think you've even heard enough rumblings from around the league that uh, Jim Dolan was not happy with the response of this team and that things weren't going fast enough for his liking so uh, yeah, their entire off season seemed to be shaped by that mandate, whether that's letting go of uh, John Davidson and Jeff Gorton, uh, bringing Chris Drury and him making some changes to the bottom six of this roster, or bringing in some uh, gritty fourth liners who can throw a punch and can stand up for some of the, the superstars and younger players on this team. and And you can read into the way he was willing to pay a premium on what he wanted. So whether that comes in the form of a little bit uh, extra term for a Barkley Goodrow or just walking, essentially walking away from Pavel Buchnevich by targeting a player they probably did like in Sammy Blay, but only really getting a second and Blay in return for a player of Pavel Buchnevich's caliber because they just knew couldn't make the dollars and cents work long term. But yeah, there's clearly a vision was in place and the mandate was make it fit this vision uh, at any cost, and that's what they did. So again, no matter how you feel about this Rangers roster going into this upcoming season, it is what it is. It's in place. So it's, uh, yeah, it's time to strap yourself in and ride or die with it. And I say this knowing full well that the second this podcast drops, the Rangers are going to make yet another move that makes it uh, look outdated. So, but that's just my luck. Another reason it feels like the season is right around the corner is that I am getting daily emails and texts and voicemails and phone calls from ticket uh, sale reps from the Madison Square Garden company just constantly asking, am I going to games? Am I interested in packages for season tickets? And yada, yada, yada. Obviously, the situation being it is with uh, still a bit nebulous with the pandemic, so I wasn't comfortable doing that. So I'm obviously just let, ignoring these. And you think that would they would get the hint, but nope, daily, uh, every day for the past, you know, or ever, seemingly every other day for the last week, I get phone calls and, and like I said, emails and texts from the same people just, and, you know, I obviously don't want to 
just say I'm not interested because maybe I'll be interested someday or maybe they'll offer me something good. Who knows? Maybe they're, they're really, if they're really serious about wanting and dining me, maybe they'll slowly say, oh, well, yeah, you, you, you know, buy this many games or whatever. We'll get you free chicken fingers and a, and a soda. And then who knows? Maybe from there that becomes uh, free drinks of some sort or a free foam finger or a free jersey. So who knows? Uh, I'm going to stamp hat and see if how long this keeps going. But yeah, the takeaway is that if you want me in attendance, you really have to wine and dine me. As I record this podcast, uh, Hurricane Ida, or excuse me, Tropical Storm Ida, has officially reached the Northeast, and I see that there's uh, tornado warnings in effect for areas of Jersey on the coast near Philadelphia, Westchester County, the Bronx, uh, there's flash flood warnings, so yeah, I hope everyone listening to this is safe or has remained safe uh, since this storm made landfall. And uh, yeah, because obviously these things are scary. So uh, yeah, again, hope everyone is staying safe or was able to remain safe throughout the night if you're listening to this when it drops on, uh, on Thursday morning. Bringing it back to more positive talk on Ranger social media today, we saw Gerard Gallant taking in the garden for the first time as it's official head coach of the New York Rangers and it's always fun to see because you know as fans walking into Madison Square Garden as a fan of the home team it has a special significance it just feels like a special place and you can only imagine for a coach to know you're coaching an original six team just I mean being a coach in the National Hockey League is cool enough as it is but to coach an original six team in arguably I would argue the world's most famous arena uh as both its given moniker and rightfully earned moniker. And just to stare at that garden ceiling as the head coach, knowing that this will be your, uh, yeah, this will be your, your playing field or your playing surface, I should say, probably more accurately, is a really cool feeling. Um, and it's obviously feels good as a fan to have Gerard Gallant in place. Doesn't come with nearly the same amount of question marks as David Quinn did. You don't really question whether or not he has the capacity to be, at least in terms of what he brings to the the table, to be successful, Uh, because he's done that for the last couple of years as as Stan is a head coach in the National Hockey League. And I mean, especially just what he was able to do with some early on with Vegas. Um, But yeah, again, we do know that Gerard Gallant also seems to have a track record of maybe he's pretty particular about what he wants or how he sees his lineups and how he wants his general managers to who he wants them to target and what he needs to win. So that seems to have led to friction in some other places uh, for him along the way. But uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, Chris Drury did his due diligence. Chris, that's a tongue twister. Chris Drury did his due diligence and yeah, they seem very, comfortable and confident within Gerard Gallant as I'm sure most Rangers fans are uh, even with some of the moves the organization made this summer I think not all of them were the biggest confidence boosters uh, every offseason the athletic does a team confidence uh, almost like ranking and I can see already that Whereas the Rangers have scored pretty high marks the last couple seasons. I mean, granted, this is, you know, they're winning first and second overall picks. So that's got to help and just all the young talent. But then when it came time to now with some of the extreme changes they made and just the uh, 
summarily uh, dismissing John Davidson and Jeff Gordon, you can definitely tell that that might be that confidence might be strained a little bit. But at the same time, I don't think anyone lacks confidence in Gerard Gallant's ability to coach this Rangers team out of some of it, the things that have maybe plagued them in the past. Obviously, he benefits from uh, all the youngsters on that roster being yet another year older. And but again, he his greatest skill as a head coach is that he gets his players to play within their roles and to play hard for him and to compete. And but they know we know one uh, problem that it seemed to come out after David Quinn's dismissal is that players would either tune him out or that he was a micromanager and that it kind of led to uncertainty for the rookies because they were afraid of doing things or getting benched and they didn't really know why they would get a lot of their ice time. Whereas Gallant's I think he even said came out flat out and said in his interview with the Post that he is a first, second, and third chances kind of guy. Uh, but he does expect his players to be consistent and play play their role that they are given. But if they do that, they will be rewarded. They will get as many kicks as they can as long as it's always in the service of trying to get better and doing what the team needs them to do. So, which is how it should be, to be honest. So, you can imagine already that some players will be thrust into uh, more starring roles than they've had in the past couple seasons. And I'm obviously looking at Lafreniere and Kako specifically. It's whether they are ready or not, they're most likely going to get some looks in the first and second lines. Um, potentially the first, both of them flanking Zibanejad. Can you imagine that? Lafreniere, Zibanejad, Kako. Uh, obviously, every, the fans would love to see that. And who knows, even a veteran like Chris Kreider, maybe we could see him play a different role for this team. You know, he's getting paid all that money, but that being said, he is very effective with his speed and Gallant likes a system that forechecks. So I could see easily see this team rolling their lines, but kind of giving out more equal ice time if each line is effective. And I do remember in the stints where he was with Philip Heedle, um, where they were paired off, him and Kreider seemed to, that line, and I think Kako was with them a few times too, and that line really seemed to do good work because they were good at just getting in and forechecking hard, and I think obviously the problem has been that Heedle has struggled with finishing ability. Kreider is Chris Kreider. He, you know, he's up and he's down in terms of whether, whether he's scoring, he's either you know, you know, streaking hot or he's ice cold. And yeah, Capo Kako, same thing. He's, he was starting to put more of the uh, his game off the off the puck together last season and look much, much more comfortable, but still he's still struggled to uh, produce points and put pucks in the net. But I mean, the stars could align for that lineup, you know, or for that line specifically. So yeah. And that obviously frees up uh, a spot next to Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin. So who knows? I mean, they liked playing with Colin Blackwell and seemed to have success. So you could easily see uh, a Barkley Goudreau or a Sammy Blay, playing in that spot, playing the uh, the Colin Blackwell role and just kind of trying to do maybe more of the the Jesper Foss type. Uh, and it's still a shocker to me that he the, the team let him walk because he would still fit this team like a glove. But that's a, you know, that's a whole other can of worms. But anyway, he could, pl- you know, one of those two players could play that role for Panarin and Strom where those two can play their more east-west type of game, but they have someone who's getting in and, you know, mucking it up and digging out pucks in the corners for them and getting it to them so then they can do what they do best and just uh, do work offensively. And speaking of doing work, congratulations to Mika Zibanejad on getting married this past week back home in Sweden. 
after maybe not getting off to the best start last season. Uh, definitely seems like he was struggling with the physical effects and the emotional effects related to the pandemic and COVID-19. It seems like he'll be coming into the season much more uh, spiritually and emotionally invigorated. It looks, by all accounts, his off-ice training has gone well. So, yeah, everything's going right for Mika Zibanejad now. So, hopefully, he can parlay that into a strong start to the season. So, again, congratulations, Mika. Uh, best flow in the league, now officially off the market. Also, congratulations are in order to the newest New York Ranger, Barkley Goodrow. He got engaged, uh, I believe, this past week. And, again, talk about a winning mentality. He's won back-to-back cups, and now... He's get he's gotten engaged, so congratulations to Barkley Goodrow. Uh, and yeah, I just think positive atmosphere in the locker room and guys coming in just in a much more positive spot from last offseason sh- should work wonders. And again, there'll be expectations will be pretty uh, cut and dry. And again, everyone should hopefully feel like they're in a much more substantial and solid place. So. Again, we hope they can parlay that into some success right out of the gate. And yeah, it's infectious having players like Ryan Reeves in the locker room and Barkley Goudreau and a, a a freshly married Mika Zibanejad. It's good. It's good for the team. It's just good to have strong, positive vibes in the locker room. It kind of feels stupid and oversimplified saying it, but yeah, it just kind of rubs off on everyone. And uh, again, especially with how difficult uh, it was for so many athletes last season in in various sports and just, yeah, it's just, it'll be nice for some of these players who maybe struggled to get a bit of a a mulligan and a do-over. So we're excited to see how players can step up and maybe rewrite uh, some narratives. And before I forget, I did want to shout out uh, to anyone listening to this podcast. If you are ever bored and you have, oh, I don't know, 45 minutes to kill for some reason, like you happen to be on the New York City subway on your way to work, and for whatever reason there are signal problems, so you are moving very slowly to your destination, I would strongly recommend going on YouTube and searching for the complete Adam Fox highlights and you will see a video uh, from an account called Hockey Truffles and it is a I believe it's a 45 to almost like an hour it's like a 45 to like 55 minute video of all of Adam Fox's best highlights from last season Uh, if you want to see why this guy won the Norris trophy and they're completely categorized so the first half will be his work, it'll be Adam Fox on the power play, and then it'll be Adam Fox on the penalty kill, and then it'll be Adam Fox playing five-on-five five defense, and it'll be Adam Fox neutral zone defense, and it'll be Adam Fox stretch passes, and Adam Fox, uh, yeah, recoveries, Adam Fox keep-ins, and it's an amazing video. It If you really thought you were jonesing to hot for hockey to come back, and Rangers hockey specifically, watch this video, just get you more pumped up. And listen... He won the Norris Trophy. He doesn't need any more accolades or praise. And it's not like my, you know, my praise carries much weight. (laughs) But, man, it's just how blessed are the New York Rangers to have Adam Fox. I, he, 
And this video just, it almost, I, I want to say it, it just, not that it didn't solidify, but it just, sometimes you see things and you go, oh yeah, but then it, this just kind of shows you legitimately on how much in a single game he does and why there's no other player like him in the National Hockey League, why he might be the smartest player in the National Hockey League. Um, I mean, I don't think there's anyone in the NHL right now who creates as much time and space and passing lanes and chances for themselves literally using just their head, <laughs> like legit just looking off guys, head fakes, shoulder fakes, uh, just little underhandles. It's amazing. And just even to see, you know, the, how many times the Rangers played the Pittsburgh Penguins, how much he was the thorn in Crosby's side this season, just not falling for some, you know, it's very hard for you to get behind Adam Fox because he's so patient and he's so good with that stick and he doesn't bite on, you know, on dumb in-and-out moves like some of the other Rangers defenders do or just other defenders around the league do and just literally evading pressure from, you know, there's so many highlights of him evading pressure from some really talented hockey players and much like a Sidney Crosby as it comes up in this video and literally just, you know, looking left, right, left, and then just button hooking right and just literally have Crosby looking one way, he's going the other way. It's hard to do against a Sidney Crosby who's been seen seen and done it all. But he's just, that's how good his poise is. And the fact that you see pictures of Adam Fox and how good of a defender is. And he's like, you know, he's he's not the biggest guy. He's maybe 5'11". He might weigh 185 pounds. But it just doesn't matter because he defends with his his uh his stick his brain his feet his head he just uses the tools that are in front of him but he just uses them so efficiently and smartly and it's just yeah it just watching this again again it didn't cement because we we all know how good adam fox is but it really it just really reaffirms how just how talented he is and how he should be probably the most important piece for the Rangers going forward. And I don't say that lightly because the Rangers have Artemi Panarin, they have Mika Zibanejad, they have future studs in uh, Alexei Lafreniere and Capococco, knock on wood, hopefully, fingers crossed. But, I mean, just every situation, he is a game changer. And, I mean, listen, very rightly won the Norris Trophy. It's going to be hard for him to obviously top you have to imagine that it's not like he'll take many uh, players by surprise. But again, it's just he never really gets... You watch these highlights. He, he never gets blown up. He barely gets hit. He barely gets pinched off because he's just too smart. He can just... He knows how to suck players into him, and he can advance the puck where he wants to advance it. And half the time, he, he does it on purpose. Like, he's he'll hold on to it extra long so you come to him to open up a seam for a teammate, and then he'll just do a, a deft little chip on his backhand or, you know, off the the toe of his blade or just like a little a little sky hook just or, you know, just put it up in the overhead in the lights like a little, uh, you know, or even throw like a bigger sauce just because, yeah, that's what he does. He brings pressure to him to create ice for his teammates and create passing lanes for himself. And it's just, yeah, that type of poise is very special. Um, I think Clayton Keller was just on... Uh, the Cam and Strick podcast uh, with Cam Jansen and Andy Strickland. And he was saying that when other teams were interviewing him, you know, in prior to his draft 
he said all 31 teams interviewed me prior to my draft and I said the same thing to all of them I'm like this kid should go in the first round he is legitimately the smartest hockey player I've ever defender I've ever played with and uh yep it looks like unfortunately no one listened to him I mean you know good on uh you know good on Calgary at the time for uh recognizing his talent but I mean if teams knew what they knew he would be a top five pick in his draft year hell he might be a top two or three pick I mean I think you could probably still say Austin Matthews goes first overall or would go first overall. But, I mean, his only real competition, I guess, in a, in a, if there was a redraft of 2016, I, I mean, Charlie McAvoy was in that draft, so obviously, and he's an excellent defender in his own right. I assume he's going to win a Norris one day. Uh, he's been had two excellent back-to-back seasons, again, but he just doesn't really, he's not very good on the power play, doesn't get a lot of power play time. So it hurts his overall point totals, but he's just a a beast five on five. So, but yeah, I mean, he clearly would go higher than Line A, who has struggled and is now on his second team. Uh, after even though he's you know a player who has forty goal potential, it's just again if it's when when he's on and has people passing the puck, he's deadly. But when he's not, he's yeah maybe a little less so. Uh, he same thing with Pierre Luc Dubois. Obviously, he's had his uh, successes but also his struggles and yeah I'm just trying to think I mean you know Keller and Kachuk uh, obviously very great players but you know they're not a number one defenseman who wins the Norris so yeah I mean you can argue he could go second overall at a redraft right now or maybe third or you know but obviously top five you can make whatever arguments you want to make how uh, what's positional importance and this and that but uh, yeah I mean the Rangers obviously clearly very lucked out that this uh, kid was born in Jericho, New York, and just really didn't want to play for anyone but them. So, yeah, uh, again, I thank, I thank uh, my lucky stars for Adam Fox every day. There was something else I wanted to... Oh, yeah, yeah. So the Rangers uh, crosstown rivals the New York Islanders made some moves today. Um, predictably, these were moves that were actually made a little while ago, but... Uh, Lou Lamorello likes to operate in the shadows like it's still the 1980s. So uh, he makes handshake agreement deals and he doesn't want uh, other executives knowing how much money he's working with. And then he just kind of, you know, handshake agreements with all the players, but doesn't register with the league until today. And so today, you know, they announced they uh, they re-sign Kyle Palmieri uh, for four years, I think like five mil. Um, which yeah, I think is good enough. He's a bit older, but he's been good. You know, he had a down year, but he was fine. Uh, Sezikis, six years, two point five million, which is uh, maybe the the with, at his age the term is a little long, but to get him at that number is actually is pretty good for them as long as he can. You know, he plays a style that might contribute to him breaking down sooner rather than later. But uh, then again. Uh, it's yes, the, the t- it's a lot of term, but the money is not bad. Uh, they re-sign uh, Sorokin to three years, four mil, um, which is obviously less uh, years than Shesterkin got. But then again, the the AV is only four mil, so yeah, it looks like another kind of 
he only had 20 games in the league because him, whereas Sorokin, uh, excuse me, Shostakin was getting the lion's share of the start. Soroka was truly platooned with uh, Varlamov, and in fact, you could say maybe he was like playing as a kind of a 1B to him and maybe a little bit more in the back of role. And then, yeah, they uh, signed uh, Bouvillier to three years, 4.15, which is, uh, I think, a good deal. I mean, I think you'd probably understand. I understand why Bouvillier wouldn't want more than three years because he's going to want a raise at some point. But, you know, you maybe the team would hope they could lock him up longer. But, yeah, listen, Lou is very, he's very shrewd when it comes to negotiations and he gets some players to... to to buy into that and who knows it's he's got seemingly dirt on everyone uh so obviously as a rangers fan you never want to see them doing well but and uh again to the surprise of no one uh zach parise is returning to be uh with the man that drafted him in in lou lamorello so he's going to be an islander um you know zach parise is not what he once was but uh, say what you want about Lou, but he is loyal to his his guys and his players, and I think everyone knew that at some point Andy Green was going to be an aisle. He became one. They knew that Kyle Palmieri was going to become an aisle. He became one, and yeah, everyone speculated that Zach Parise would come to the island, and it looks like that's the case. So much to my chagrin, the Islanders remain probably the top team in the Metro. Uh, and yeah, the Metro, once again, will be one of the hardest, although technically it was the Mass Mutual East division. But yeah, the Metro remains to be probably the toughest division in hockey. Uh, don't get the benefit of playing the Buffalo Sabres as much. Uh, you're, although, in fairness, teams will most likely be playing a more regular schedule and uh, knock on wood unless you know things go sideways in a hurry. And yeah, they get to branch out and play some other teams. But uh, again, that the the Metro is definitely going to be one of the tougher divisions. Uh, the Islanders are going to be again probably tops of the division just based on their coach and the swagger they have and the way they play. Um, the Flyers are probably going to have something to prove. Although I still think that this is they are on the AV downswing just prematurely. They had one they had a good year. Uh, when they even with the, in the bubble, and but then you kind of saw the way he taxes his goaltender. So we'll we'll see. Maybe you know they bring in Ryan Ellis. Maybe is what they need. And Carter Hart bounces back, and hence they are good again. But uh, yeah, I, again, it's just it's going to be tough. But uh, I don't see any reason why the Rangers can't be at least they should finish in a spot. I'm I'm saying it now. They should finish in a playoff spot. I don't think I think this is the year you have to say that it it's you know it's got to happen. It's uh. I've been very uh it's with trepidation that I've put too high expectations on this team the last couple of seasons but I mean if it's not now when I guess is the question and I think it's like that for a lot of players I mean Filipino is still young but at this point at a certain point you've been in the league a couple of years so it's kind of time to show something so even though it's like he has very very strong underlying numbers it's, it might be time for him to convert uh because again, I think they're if they can't put it all together, they might not find themselves on this team much longer. Who knows? I mean, uh, you're already hearing all that that Jack Eichel trade is still a possibility. You hear a player like Tomas Hurdle might want out of uh, San Jose now, who is clearly rebuilding and has their own backstage chaos going on. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's this is a big big year for a lot of players, especially if they want to really cash in on that next contract because if they don't i could easily see uh 
the front office, Chris Drury specifically, trading them for a player who may not have the potential of some of these young guys. They're, they're players who are a bit older, but they are what they are. They're fully formed, and they are win-now players. Uh, so if you want to have a role in this team, you have to transform yourself into a win-now player. And it really does kind of feel, I do get that sense. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to take up too much more time here. It's uh, as fun as it is rambling away and just giving my thoughts. It's definitely not as fun as when I have James here, my uh, wonderful co-host who steers the ship. And this kind of feels like yeah, taking the the car out while uh yeah while your while your dad is asleep on the couch or something. So, uh yeah, looking forward to having him back to talk about some of the things I spoke about today in more in depth. Uh, we have some fun interviews coming up for next season, so that's very exciting. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Pod. and if you have something you want to get off your chest, if you have a question you want answered, or you just want to get a shout-out, just yeah, tweet at us on Twitter, and we'll uh, do our best to address your statement or question or answer or shout-out or whatever you want to say on, on the pod. So, yeah, don't be a stranger. I've had quite a few people saying they've missed some of our video podcasts we've done so we're going to definitely do more of those coming into next season uh so yeah we have a a whole bunch of other stuff planned uh some of you said you even miss the trivia shows and the giveaways we were doing uh for a little bit uh prior to the pandemic so yeah we'll probably get back to doing those because you enjoyed them so much and they were fun and uh i always enjoy being quiz master on those so yeah we'll get back to doing that so Thanks for hanging in with this one. Hope everyone stayed dry and safe uh, in the wake of this tropical storm. And uh, don't look now, but Rangers hockey's right around the corner. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.